When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out. What do you got? All right, so I'm going to give you guys two today really quick. One, if you guys have not ordered your free COVID test through the Postal Service link, you guys can go to uh, my Instagram or Twitter. You guys can find it there. You get a four, uh, t- like, in-home test for free per household. So. I got them. That's a quick one. I actually um, did it. I got it done. Yeah. Laura, I ordered so them. proud of we myself. We ordered them too. Yeah, yeah. Good and for I'm you guys. I'm super proud of myself. I was like, actually able to go onto the form and write in my name and my email Cap, address. Cap, that was my quick what you need to know. Oh, Man, okay. I got well, a real. I'm excited about it, girlfriend. You okay, know? well, we can talk about that later. So oh, now okay. I have a bone to pick with somebody, okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We talked about the Grammys being postponed and that yeah. they were not going to be at Staples or Crypto.com Arena. And I think that Sedano had a great idea. Make them outdoors, maybe at the... Um, what is that venue you said? A Hollywood. Oh, the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, the Hollywood Bowl. Well, now they were like, you know what? We're gonna move them. Now they're April. They're in April on Sunday, uh, the third. But guess where they're gonna be? In Vegas. Yeah. I hate Vegas. I'm like, come on, guys. You guys could have kept it in LA, had a beautiful venue, but you guys decide to go to Vegas out of all. Where places. in Vegas does this say? MGM, the MGM Grand Garden the Grand Arena. Garden Arena. Mm-hmm. So it's inside, yeah. I'm not happy about this, but I wanted to give you guys an update because we did talk about them and how they were postponed. So the Grammys are back April 3rd, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, live. But I'm not down with the Vegas move. I'm just going to be there. <laughs> I'm not a big Vegas person. I've talked about this, but they will be in Vegas at the MGM Grand. Do you recall the original date? Because you say they were postponed. Do you recall the original date that they were supposed to be in L.A.? Just I'm not saying like... It was exactly. this past, it's this coming weekend or two yeah, weeks right. now. Yeah, right? I okay. think it was this month, yeah. This okay. month. Yeah, because so, so the, right. the Lakers are about to go on the Grammy road trip. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the here's 31st, my, yeah, so, yeah. So, I think. Which is, I think, a Monday. The 30th. So my question, which is a Sunday. So my question is, why did, if they're going to reschedule it for April, why didn't they just reschedule it in L.A. for April and say, hey, look, you know, we'll, we'll make a, a plan C if we have to, but plan B is still in L.A., it's just three months later. Well, I know they had the the whole thing was a they didn't want to move them, which is huh, hello they did. Um, venues two was because of so many sporting events and other commitments that crypto has, they couldn't arrange the date for that. Oh. But that's why Sedano oh. was like, "Whoa, well, let's move venues. Let's just go to the Hollywood Bowl." But they didn't want to do that. That's why I have a bone to pick because they not only moved venues, they moved it to a whole other state. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just saying. They should have it where we were having the Mandy's. Yeah, it's, it's a little <laughs> small, bro. It's a little small for the Grammys, you well, know? Yeah. I mean, listen, you you adjust. I don't know about that, but All that right. is what you needed to know. <laughs> All right, what you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, so we spent a lot of time talking about the Frank Vogel part of this equation uh, because of the story in The Athletic with Bill Orem and Sam Amick. And, uh, and Bill, by the way, will join us at 6 o'clock. So in an hour from now, we'll talk to Bill and we'll get his insight on all this stuff since he wrote the story and obviously he covers the Lakers each and every day for The Athletic. So, um, But we, you and I, Cap, have had a lot of discussions on this show 
about are the Lakers good enough? Is the roster good enough? Uh, you know, how much of this is on Vogel? Um, do they have enough options, right? Like, Woj was on NBA Today today. <laughs> That's funny. You're saying that NBA- today he was on NBA Today? Today he was on NBA okay. Today. Not he was on NBA Today today. No, he was on NBA Today, comma, today. <laughs> okay. And then, okay, look at that. You rhymed it. There you go. So, right. and, and he said he doesn't see a lot of potential maneuverability for the Lakers, right? Um, during the trade deadline, which is now less than a month away, I think three weeks now, actually, away. Uh, so the trade deadline is looming. Like, we are here. We actually need to kind of turn up the volume on that a little bit because that is a, a big time of year. It, it, you don't usually hear uh, – you usually hear a lot more stuff by now, Cap, but just so people know, um, because of the play-in game, a lot more teams are now in it, right, for those 10 spots. So teams are literally waiting to the last second. So that those last few days before the February 10th trade deadline are going to be crazy. Like, that week is going to be wild. Um, so we will have you locked. But if we hear anything, obviously we'll talk about it moving forward. So anyway, we've talked a lot about maneuverability, mobility, assets, whose fault is it, are they a good team, are they a bad team, are they the team we saw yesterday who beat the number one offense in the NBA by playing great defense and holding them to 95 points, all that stuff. All right, you and I have talked about it at nauseum. So J.J. Redick, who honestly, listen, man, I forget about what he says because you're going to be pissed at what he says. I Like, put that aside. I'm just telling you, this dude played 15 years in the NBA. And not only has he played 15 years in the NBA, but and he's entitled to his opinion because I don't agree with everything he said, but I think he's really good at this, like the TV, like media stuff. Uh, because he did a podcast or still does a podcast for a very long time. But he was on first take today. And he kind of – let's start with just the overall assessment of the team, Cap. Like, he kind of reiterated a lot of the stuff you and I have talked about. But let, let's hear J.J.'s spin on it. The Lakers don't have a lot of options to make any changes. No, 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 Laura, not that one. Play the other one, the one, the 27-second one. You're like Elvis Costello on Saturday Night Live who starts a song and doesn't like what he's singing. No, goes, no, because stop, I teed it. You know, I, I teed I know, it up a certain way. I know you did, let, but it was beautiful the way you did it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, the Vogel one. Yes, that one. The reality is we're 44 games into the season. Mm-hmm. The Lakers have shown us who they are. They're 24th in offense, 18th in defense. They're, they're a bad team. They're, yeah. they're not a very good team. This roster was constructed, with a few exceptions, of course, with players that are past their prime. That's the reality. It came out this morning that Frank Vogel's job is clearly in jeopardy. He almost got fired the other night after the Denver loss. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is on him. Mm-hmm. This roster is very poorly constructed. Okay, now look, what he has said is a lot of what you and I have said. I think it comes with more credibility when he says it, because again, he played 15 <laughs> years in the NBA. Right. But you and I have basically been saying that. Like, this team has not played like a good team. Yeah, um, it, and it's it, hard to argue against it. Now, could we argue that Anthony Davis has been missing time and LeBron missed time? Sure, we can. But even when they were all together, they weren't playing all that great anyway. Right. But here's the other part of it: is that when you look at a game like last night, and you have a player like Stanley Johnson, right? Stanley Johnson is on his third ten-day contract. Stanley Johnson was not part of the plan in the preseason. Stanley Johnson was not some, you know, free agent that was coming in with a reputation. But you know what happens is last night Stanley Johnson brought something to the team. And when a guy like that who's been bouncing around in his career the way he has 
finds himself in an important role in a huge game last night. That That is great for Stanley Johnson, and it's great that the Lakers won the game, but it doesn't really bode very well for the way the, con- the, the, way the roster was constructed, to J.J. Reddick's point. And by the way, we could probably say the same thing for a guy like Austin Reeves, who was huge last night. He was not part of the game plan, George. So when guys like this, and I give them nothing but credit, when they are making contributions, it tells us, well, what about all the guys that they got that we were all hyped about? Those guys aren't doing anything. It's guys like Reeves and Avery Bradley and and Stanley Johnson. It's guys like those that are coming up big right now, or at least last night. Yeah, look, I I think that when you look at their roster, um, the guys who are, in essence, uh, quote-unquote, fighting for their basketball lives, the guys on the the 10-day, the rookie, undrafted rookie from Oklahoma, the veteran who had been with you, uh, you know, had been established as a nice role player in the past, who was signed after the season started, if Correct. I recall correctly. That's right. You got um, it. Are the guys that are you're, – you're, you're kind of having to depend on those guys. And by the way, you also have to include Malik Monk in that category who has played very well for them, a guy they weren't counting on <laughs> to begin the season. Now, if you would have those guys playing well and you were also playing well, man, you'd feel like the Lakers are a championship-caliber team. But because the guys that you're depending on have not played well. I think that, to your point, it looks like, oof, it reeks of desperation, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, the, but, it, but, it, but it, it. Can, it confirms the opinion that, that they're not a good constructed team. Right, that the roster was poorly constructed. Now, when everybody says that, you know, again, and I, I hate to keep harping on Russ because there, there's a point last night, George, yeah. where – when Russ drives the lane and has that monster dunk, mm-hmm. okay, there's a part of me that looks at that and goes, look at Russ's reaction. Look at the team come up off the bench. Look at LeBron come over and give him a chest bump. This is the sort of energy and the sort of um, team camaraderie mm-hmm. that I like to see that, frankly, I was not seeing. And I, I just wonder, because I, I feel like this entire conversation still, when we talk about roster construction and why it's not put together properly, isn't everybody still pointing the finger at Russell? I mean, they're, they're saying this player who plays this style, who makes this kind of money, who becomes unmovable. When we talk about roster construction, aren't we really, really still talking about one guy? Um, yes and no. I would say he is certainly the central figure when it comes to that because of how much he takes up within the salary cap situation. But um, I also think that the guys they picked around the margins, like outside of Carmelo, um, you know, Malik Monk, you know, Reeves, Bradley, you know, I mean, they brought back Dwight, right? Like, again, those guys are playing okay for their roles, but they're not guys that can fill it up and play a larger role than they're currently playing, like the guys you gave up for Russ. Okay. So, ye- so yes, it, I would say he is the central character in this novel, um, but I think it's it's also, if you're going to make that bold a move, you better nail the stuff in the margins. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily do that either. Well, you know, this is all uh, now very um, 
intriguing to use a different word. Oh, George. there we go. I you like know? that. Yes, very, not fascinating very, or interesting. Yes. No, no. This is now intriguing. Yes, you're intrigued. Because what you thought you were going to be able to get with Russell Westbrook is kind of essentially what you've gotten. You've gotten a guy that can make outrageous athletic plays. You've got a guy. Oh who no, can... no, I disagree. I mean, I think they thought they could get way more well, than what they're getting. But but what they're getting is is they're getting vintage Russell. That's it. This is who he is. So who he's been as a player. It's who he is yeah, on this but, particular team. And so he, what they're not getting is wins. And that's what they no, expected. No, no, but he he's not he's not the player that he even was previously. Like you know the the. John Ireland has been saying this, and even Dave McMiniman said this, who's, you know, who covers Russ every day. Um, and, and I think, you know, McMiniman has seen more of the flaws um, in his game. So, But he did point this out because he, it is factually accurate that as the season generally tends to go along, Russ has gotten – is better, okay? Now, to your point, Russ historically, 43.7% field goal percentage guy. You know what his field goal percentage is this year? Tell me. I'm guessing it's significantly less. No, it's right around where it's supposed to be. Forty-three point really? six. Okay, so that so that but that's my point. Okay, You're, but wait, you, but wait, but wait, yeah. but wait, but wait. I I think the problem is his turnovers are, are also about where they're at. Here's what they needed: they needed Russ to be better than what Russ has been. They okay. needed because they traded three significant it. assets for him. But but so he, because of that cap, they needed him to be a way above his average, well, that's asking not a lot. at his average. In, in that asking a lot for a 14-year veteran, hey, listen, you yeah, had a really great yeah. career. No, no, you're right. You, you've you're put right. up Hall of Fame statistics, but here's what we need from you this year. We need you to be the very best you've ever been. But wait a no, second. No, 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 not the very best he's ever been. They needed him to – this is what they thought they were getting. There was a stretch right before the pandemic hit, okay, from January to March 15th or whatever it was, okay, from January 1st to March 15th. I know because I did a game in Houston. Okay? You're saying 2020. Yes. Uh-huh. He had a two-and-a-half-month stretch where he was legitimately an MVP candidate in, in Houston. Like, his numbers were off the charts. His field goal percentage was as high as it maybe had ever been at, like, 47% or something like that. And he stopped taking threes. He stopped taking ill-advised threes in those three months. He was averaging, like, one a game. And, and just he wasn't turning the ball over very much in that stretch. And they thought they could get him to play like that. And for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. But I think a lot of that is also the makeup of what's around him. That may be the case. But again, I, this is my back to the beginning of this, which is I feel like everybody's still pointing that one finger at one player. Yeah. We decided to take you and give you all of this money rather than distributing it amongst a couple of different role players. We thought we needed a third star. It hasn't worked out. We're a 500 ball club. What the heck are we doing here? Yeah. And, and I feel like have... everybody's pointing at him. Right. Well, because of, yeah, I mean, he's the central character here, unfortunately, when it comes to that particular discussion. Um, look, there's more on J.J. Redick on kind of like their options. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to be frank with you. They're kind of limited. And But – I want you to hear what he had to say. Plus, I want to get into the Rams, all right? Because while the Lakers are having trouble maybe kind of getting their engines going, the Rams have those engines going because the players they did add, albeit guys that people didn't necessarily think could fit what they were trying to do, have performed and performed at a high level. They're kind of the anti-Lakers at the moment in regards to that. So we'll get into them on the other side as well. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Barry Manalo. What's that? Barry Manalo? Barry Manalo. Hello, Barry Manalo. I used to love Barry Manilow, man. Did you really? I mean, I, this is the only song I really know. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, when I was a kid, Barry Manilow was definitely played a lot in my house. Don't you remember songs yeah. like Copa, Copa Cabana? Oh, I do know that song, yeah. Uh, in surprised. my house, we played Celia Cruz every, you know, uh, that's what was played. You know. you know what I was playing yesterday? Laura, you'd, you'd be very impressed. You want to know what I was playing yesterday? Tell me, yeah. Kaplan. Those bookies. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. I swear to what you. What song? I don't know the name of the song. What I did was mm-hmm. I went on to Pandora uh-huh. and I turned on those bookies mm-hmm. and I was how doing do some jamming. Um, I, don't, I don't know how you spell it, but I know how I spelled it, which uh-huh. was, I think, L O S, which is Los, which I think uh-huh. I can handle. Right. The bookie part, I think I just put in like B O O K I E, so like bookie. <laughs> oh, wow. But it played it. It played wow. it. It got there. Mm-hmm. It got me some Los bookies. Yeah, there you go. Well, All right. Good for you. Fair man. enough. Thank you. Um, so turn me on to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, today is uh, National Coffee Day for all you co- gourmet coffee for all you gourmet coffee drinkers or whatever. I don't drink coffee, so it doesn't really matter to me. But like, I know there's a lot of people out there that you know they literally, if they would put it on a drip for them and intravenously, they would have it. So you know, gourmet coffee day, huh? Yeah. Starbucks count as gourmet. Um, yeah, I would say so. I don't know. I mean, it shouldn't because it's like not that great, but it's a seven dollars a cup. So yeah, why? Yeah, not? I would say so just based on price, right? That's what mm-hmm. I was assuming. Yep. But I don't, you know, I don't I drink like, it, so I don't know. I like coffee bean. You ever been to a coffee bean? Sure, it is I've better. Yeah. I think coffee beans really good. But yeah, I gave up on gourmet coffee, or really, I just gave up on coffee outside of the house. I think I've told you guys this, but on Shark Tank, there's the one guy, Mister Wonderful. I don't know his real name. Yeah, Kevin O'Leary. Yeah. yeah. And I think he, he said on one of the shows, and it's kind of one of his philosophies, like, why would I spend $5 for a cup of coffee when I could get, make a cup of coffee in my house for 25 cents? What kind of idiot am I? Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but that just resonated with me. It's true. And so it was like my one financial diet that I put myself on. It's like, you know what? No more. No more coffee outside the house. I make coffee. Yeah. I put my own cream in it. That's it. 25 cents at home. <sighs> Anybody else with me or no? I mean, I don't drink coffee. So, again, my wife makes coffee at home. I'm Laura? working on it. I'm working on it. I'm addicted to Starbucks, but I am you working are, huh? on it. It's called school, they... man. It's called I'm a, I'm a college student. I got you. Why don't you take a thermos with you in the morning? Lindsay, are you a coffee drinker? No, I don't drink coffee. I'm not really a big caffeine person. I'm just not. Never really got into it. But, my, I mean, my roommate did start doing what you are doing, Cap, recently. She used to buy, like, the iced coffee things like the yeah. starbucks brand iced coffee like gallons yeah and they're crazy expensive they're like 15 dollars or something maybe more than that and then she just decided like a week or two ago i had to clear out a bunch of freezer space because she's you know brewing it in the morning or at night putting it in the freezer and all that saving a lot of money i'm telling you right it's now a good job no doubt i i use those k-cups expensive habit yeah I'm telling you a k-cup 
You know, you, when you when you go to Costco and you buy like sixty five of these K cups and it's thirty bucks, you're like, damn, thirty bucks for coffee. But then you realize like that's fifty cents a cup of coffee versus five dollars at Starbucks. Or oh my god, I know you're saving a ton of money. Like right you on. really are just saving a ton of money. Like it's just I, I don't I don't get it. You know, but also look, I also don't smoke cigarettes. And people, how much does a pack of cigarettes cost right now? Probably like ten bucks. I would think. I I don't smoke, but I got to think a pack of cigarettes or like, you know what else is gross is like Copenhagen. So like dipping, chewing tobacco. Oh, yeah, yeah. My guy Chael loves to dip. It's not my thing. but Disgusting. Yeah. Oh, gross. I can't stand when people are dipping Copenhagen in a restaurant and spitting into a plastic cup with a with a napkin at the bottom of it. It's like, ugh, horrible. I'm I'm, I'm looking online. It's just about nine bucks for a pack of cigarettes. Really? Yeah, just get a patch, bro. It's got to be cheaper, I would imagine, if you need the nicotine, you know. But some people just like the the, the mouth thing, you know. Yeah, uh, but the smell of the smoke. Thing. Get a toothpick, bro. There you have go. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen people's? My ex boyfriend, like when I was in high school, used to do dip. And have you ever seen like their gut? What their gum lines look like? Gross. Somebody Gross. who does dip, it's so nasty. It's like their teeth, like their gum line, completely re- like yeah, recedes, recedes, and you can see their teeth are really long into their mouth. Oh, it's so nasty. Yeah, yeah Christopher, I think, does a little skull every once in a while. I don't know. Does if he, he still do? Does he do it like no, in don't bandits? Do it. Does he do it where it's like in a little bag so it doesn't get in your teeth? I don't know, but I know he definitely did it. I don't know if he still does. Ew. Oh, he just Morales. sent a text, and he said that a can of Skull is $9. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So uh, Skull is the soft version versus so, Copenhagen. Yeah, so we were talking a lot about the Lakers, obviously, and um, we've got tweets rolling in. Like Big E, Eric uh, Herrera tweets us, years from now, the 30 for 30 on Russ convincing LeBron that he'd be a good fit, AD playing like bleep, Vogel on the hot seat, all is going to be so, so good, is what he says. Michael Noval tweets us and says, it won't happen this year, but Vogel will be scapegoat, but Rob Palinka should be gone for turning over a championship roster, uh, championship-level roster with 12 players that are almost completely ghosts of NBA players past. Their ceiling right now is a five or six seed out in round one or two at best. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to fire anybody, like to be honest with you, because – um, I think there's a lot of culpability to go around. I don't think it's one person, so I'm not I'm not going to do the fire show. But um, what I would say is is that yes, they have to take a hard look at what they did this year and kind of reassess. Uh, if this you know if there's no way out of it, um, then they have to reassess and figure out how to try to reconstruct this team in the offseason with limited assets, which is. Okay, we were talking about J.J. Redick and what he was saying about their potential mobility in that regard. Here's what he said. The Lakers don't have a lot of options to make any changes. Mm-hmm. Who's taking on Russell Westbrook's contract? Nobody. All right, so they have two pieces. They have Kendrick Nunn, who hasn't played all season, right. and THT. Mm-hmm. In terms of picks, because of the Pelicans trade, they don't own in 2022. You can't trade uh, consecutive years mm-hmm. without owning a pick, so they can't trade in 2023. Pelicans have the option to defer 2024 to 2025, which mm-hmm. means the Lakers can't technically trade 2026 first-round pick either. Mm-hmm. So the first first-round pick they can trade is 2027 okay. with THT as an option, Kendrick Nunn, who's been hurt all season, mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook making $45-plus million a year. Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot of options to improve this roster. Okay. The last thing they have is a trade exception mm-hmm. in the Marcus All trade, mm-hmm. $2.6 million. Okay. That's not going to bring back anybody of any importance. So wow. he, JJ he, he, Redick dropping some knowledge right there. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And, and but here's the thing. And I said this at the time. You and I were working together. I said, I, I, I said a couple of things when it came to the Anthony Davis deal because a lot of people were poo-pooing it. And I said, look, it's about context. Okay. 
I, I think because people were freaking out because, you know, guys like Brian Windhorst or whatever was saying that this trade was lopsided. It's going to end up hurting the Lakers at some point, blah, blah, blah. And people were screaming, oh, they're just haters. And I just said, hold on, time out. Getting Anthony Davis means the Lakers are going to win the deal in the short term. There's no question about that. And I, I, I remember saying at that time, Anthony Davis and LeBron as a pairing is going to bring a parade down Figueroa. And now the parade never actually happened because right. of the pandemic. But nonetheless, the trophy came. So, But I did push back and say, don't sit there and yell at them just because you disagree with them and you think they're hating on your team because they may also end up being right. Two things can also be, can be true at the same time. You know what I mean? Because of the timelines and the different horizons there. So this is where we're at. And I, so I added Cap at the time, and I, I will reiterate, I said it is of utmost importance because of your limited trade assets when it comes to dealing picks because of all the picks you dealt in the Anthony Davis deal. Forget about just the players, but the picks that you nail everything you can in the margins as much as possible. And they, you know, I thought they did a decent job last year. It didn't work out for one reason or another. Um, I think injury played a, a bigger factor than anything else. Um, but then, you know, you can make the argument they could have made other deals that they did not make, like the Kyle Lowry trade, um, and and that didn't work out. Okay, and then this year, as we just talked about, I mean, yeah, I, they made some moves that have been nice moves. Like Malik Monk is a little bit of a surprise. Austin Reeves a little bit of a surprise. You know, Carmelo's been a little bit of a surprise, but not enough. They're not their surprise is not impactful enough to change the fortunes of this team at the current moment. Yeah, you know, I think if we could all go back in time and we could all go back to the, the championship in the bubble, if we knew then what we know now, maybe the Lakers would have said, you know what, we've got a championship roster here, and we just got done winning what was just keep maybe... keep it. Keep it right, intact. Right, which yeah. was maybe the, the toughest championship to ever have been won, perhaps. I agree, yeah. And, and so, you know what we ought to do? Like, why don't we run it back? But what they did was, after the championship year in the bubble, they decided, look, it's LeBron and AD, and we'll just surround them with other guys. And right. so they, they pretty much swapped out the entire roster but, but, the year but, after. But, Cap, let's not forget, they were rolling until LeBron rolled his ankle. Like, literally, they were... In, they had one of the better records in the, in the league. Right, that's last year. Be, right. right. So, so they revamped their roster. They're, they come back. Things look really good. To your point, LeBron gets hurt. And, and then Anthony Davis gets hurt, and the whole thing goes down the drain. And then what do they do again? Then they revamp the roster yeah, yet again. They it over too much. Yeah. Right. So in three years, you've gone from championship to revamped roster and being knocked out in the first round to revamped roster and being 500 at this point of the season. It just goes to show you, at least in my opinion, you know, having some consistency and not turning over the roster all the time is is probably a good move, which is why this is this gets back to Frank Vogel. This is why you don't put all the blame on him and just fire him because somebody's got to be scapegoated. He ain't the problem. And in fact, by firing him, you're going to create more inconsistency within the organization. Now's the time for everybody to hunker down and just try and win with what you got because this is the team. This is it. I like how you nailed the dismount there. Good job. Buddy. Thank by you. Yeah. That was like a 9.8. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This portion of the show is presented by Lyman Health Plan, changing health care one person at a time. We do have an Anthony Davis update, which we'll get to a little later. Uh, plus, Rich Passaccia, the head coach of the Raiders, did something I don't think I could ever do. 
I'll tell you what that's all about in a little bit. But first, Radio Tinder is coming up on the other side. We'll get into that. Everyone's favorite segment here in the 5 o'clock hour. That's coming up in 3 minutes and 30 seconds. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, by the way, uh, we were just talking about the Lakers. There's the story in The Athletic today by Sam Amick and Bill Oram about Frank Vogel's job security, and now he could be coaching game to game at this point. Um, Bill Oram, who wrote that story, will join us at 6 o'clock. But, Linz, what do you got in Radio Tinder? All right, so what I've got is – I brought this up yesterday when I was filling in on Travis and Sliwa. And Wait I, a second. Just, you were on another show? Yes, I was. We I heard both off. of you were. How you dare recycling you? stories when you called me out on it, Lindsay, last how time? Dare, how dare but you? But I want to tell you guys a lot, a I'm lot not of recycling. listeners. I'm not recycling because this is a different question I'm going to ask. And ah. Same story. A lot of, okay. right. a lot right. of people but hold were on. talking sh- about this today. Wait, hold on. Just one thing. A lot of Sedano and Cap listeners said they felt dirty listening to both of you working on other shows. And they're very glad that the whole crew, the mishpucha, if you will, is back together again today. Lindsay, you I say do. that a lot better than Christopher does. <laughs> Thank you. He says mishpucha, yeah. you know, like I say los yeah. bukis. It's called yeah, short-staffed, right, exactly. people, short-staffed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on in the world these days. And yeah. and by a lot of people, you mean, a lot of listeners, you mean like one or like two one people tweeted Like one person that tweeted, tweeted you. Right? Yes, a lot, yes, exactly. a lot, millions is yeah. what I mean. But hey, we're glad represented to be back, by one. back yeah. home where we belong. Go, go mm-hmm. ahead, go ahead. Okay, so the story is about Olivia Coppo, who's a model, and she's a former Miss Universe. Now, is she she's, the one dating Christian McCaffrey, or is she the one yes. dating Braxton Barrios? She's dating Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, because they're yes. sisters, and they're, we, one of them is dating each of them, yes. Yeah, Olivia yeah. was the one who won Miss Universe. She's like a big famous model dating Christian McCaffrey. So she was recently boarding an American Airlines flight when she was asked to cover up or she would not be allowed on the I plane. I saw this. Yes, I saw the video, and I, I saw the pictures, and I thought it was weak, but go ahead. Exactly. So I just sent you the picture in our little group text. She yeah. was wearing like a sports bra slash right. crop top yeah. and biker shorts, and then she yeah. was wearing like a long cardigan over it. And she ended up having to put on her boyfriend, Christian McCaffrey's sweatshirt, you know, so she could get on the plane. So this has sparked a big debate online. And even though I, I asked Travis and Sliwa what they thought about this specific thing, I want to ask you guys in general, do you think that airlines should even have dress code? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? I mean, I think there should be some level of, of, of decorum. So I'll, I'll swipe uh, right that there should be. But I, I also think... With um, with ladies in particular, and this particular story, I read the story. There was the there was a woman who alerted the media 
about this, and, and she was defending uh, Olivia Colpo, saying that if you look at my shirt, it's actually more low-cut than hers, basically saying that you can see way more cleavage on my shirt than hers, and nobody told me to change. Um, so I, I just think that there there needs to be some leeway on some of this stuff. Now, look, if the shirt says something, you know, uh, one of the seven deadly words or something, because there could be kids on the plane or something, like, I get that. Um, but if it's just a, a, a t-shirt that has something that, you know, a, a six or seven year old won't even know what the hell it's about. Um, that's, I don't have an issue with that. Like, and there's been people that have been asked to change their shirts for stuff like that. Um, and, well, let and, me ask you a question. And, if you walk into a but you store, gotta have, like, you gotta have so, like, okay. When you walk into a store, I was just going to use that. Con- you gotta have like a t-shirt, a, a shirt and shoes No shirt, on. yeah, no shirt, yeah. no shoes, no service. Right. That I get. But like, okay, airlines, but that's, that's a dress code. Sure, but that's just like a basic, you need to be wearing clothes like a human. They're not sure. trying to monitor yes, but if you, what if you're you wearing. Don't have, if you don't have any dress code, then people will say, well, you don't have any dress code. I can go naked on the plane. You so know? why doesn't the airline just make a no, shoe, no, no shoes, no shirt, no service, which a lot of people walk around on the plane without their shoes on. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's so gross. nasty. Yeah, Do a gross. lot of people? Really? A lot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've people seen a lot of people. I, it's time. not just the one person tweeting you. I have seen a lot every of people. Flight, every yeah. flight, there's somebody that has their shoes off, and they're probably <laughs> walking around, which is disgusting. And, and, and forget about shoes off, like, without uh, with socks on whatever still kind of gross but shoes on no socks yeah that's or shoes gross. off no socks is what i mean yeah well just forget about like the, their their gross feet touching the plane think about all the gross stuff that's on the plane that's now touching your skin and your feet that's gnarly yeah Ugh. i always have and, and i used i started doing this a lot ju- when covid was like before it became like a big thing here where it was just like hey this thing is happening in asia right i started doing the wipe down of the uh, with of of the seats and all that stuff. Now I know the airlines say they do it, and you know they I, don't. I, I don't. I don't always believe that. Um, you can tell but, when you wipe it down that yep. they don't. What, you got some yeah, Clorox I, wipes. I, you travel with. You yes, travel with your own. I always yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, that yeah. before you, COVID. They, yeah, they come. In, they come in little packs that yeah. you can put in your backpack. Yeah. And the okay. airlines, Delta is really good about giving you giving you Purell. Yeah, Purell Delta stuff, does yeah. give you a little Purell thing nice. uh, that you can wipe it nice down with. Do they charge you for it? By the way, the first no, time I got on a plane post-COVID, Delta was definitely doing their job yes, because I'd are. never seen those air, those planes be as blue as they were. Mm-hmm. Like, it was insane. I agree. Yeah. So they I charge do that you even for a soda, hotels. but not for Purell. <laughs> no, they give you the Purell wipe uh, right, when right. you walk on oh, a Delta flight, any okay. Delta flight. And you All can right. ask for more. Bottom yeah. line is this, okay? Yeah. Can someone walk on an airplane wearing a bikini? I don't think so. No. I, I think they would no, they probably cannot. be told they can't. They would can't. tell them to put clothes on, yes. Right. I mean, this this girl, I mean, she's wearing these biker shorts and this, like, what looks like a bra, and I personally don't care, but I know I'd be looking at her going, man, are you comfortable in your skin? Because I could never wear something like that, not on an airplane. I, on an airplane, I wear pants and long sleeve shirts just because I don't want to touch the hairy arms next to me. You know, I mean, it's I want to be as covered up, and I want to touch as little as I possibly can on a plane, but... His story is but strange what, that they, the, they booted her for this. Or yeah, like from to. a from a hygiene standpoint, I get what you're saying, but why do you care what someone else is wearing? Thank you, and especially Correct. a girl. Like, we wear, I wear sports bras a lot, and I'll throw on a shirt on top of it with, like, high-waisted pants. I've never been told I can't, like, be anywhere. I yeah, go it's really a style. comfortable. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I go comfortable on a plane, like... 
Travis, I think, said, oh, you can't wear sweatpants and look like you rolled out of bed. And I'm like, bro, that's exactly I do. what you do. What are you yeah, talking about? I do that sometimes yeah. when I go on, you know, on trips. Like, that's a, I want to go as comfortable as possible on a plane. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, know. listen, when I was a kid, my old man would uh, would he want to dress to the nines to get on yeah, a plane. Right. A I don't like at, yeah. at all. Like, I was like, I'm like sweatpants or you know, something like that, right? Like, and, and, and a T-shirt and a jacket, and I'm done. Like, that. that's it. Like, a zip-up, and I'm done. So, well, anyway, that's because you're, you're already flying, you know, first-class Sedano, because, you know, these regular people, some of them the tend to think that if you if you dress a little fancier, you're more likely to get an upgrade. But that's the story for another day. Really? It's, in, it's in the contract. So. A lot of people think that, but, you know. <laughs> it's in the okay. contract. There's nothing I can do. It's in the contract. <laughs> I have a good... Good agent. It's a great line. Well, hey, you great got the line. same agent as Rich Eisen. He gets do, everybody yes. first class. Yes, he does. <laughs> right. He does. He does. All right. So speaking of lines, yeah. what would you guys say if I told you that you could earn money by just waiting in line? You literally don't have to do anything but just oh. stand there and you could make $30 an hour to do it. To well, do what? It's to just to stand, just in, stand line. in a line. Right. But what kind of line? Well, listen, it's a real thing because a British man claims that he makes over $200 a day just waiting in line for people who don't want to do it. His oh. most common so job. Like he's like the yes. Uber of standing in line. Oh, that's exactly. a smart idea. That's a good so idea. His most common jobs include waiting in line to buy tickets for highly sought after events. He said he occasionally waits in line for exclusive purchases like sneakers or designer clothing. Right. And his client, clients range from busy young families to senior citizens. Would you ever pay someone to stand in line for you to buy something Ooh. that you really wanted? Swipe left <laughs> or swipe right? Wow. Wow. Oh. I'm a, this is going to be easy for me. And I think you guys will probably all know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm swiping left on this. Wow, you're not going to spend the money. Okay. I am not paying somebody to wait in line for me. I mean, and by the way, where am I ever going now that I need to, like there's a store where there's a line in front of it. What, what is yeah. this, like the day after Thanksgiving and we're, we're shopping for, for Christmas gifts? Hey, wait in line for me. I'll be back in three hours. It's going to be a while for you. I'm not doing that. That's dumb. Although, although brilliant by the guy. No, brilliant by the guy because there's definitely people that would do that. I hate waiting in lines, um, but I hate waiting in lines so much, going back to the airport stuff, that I have TSA pre-check, I have clear, I have all these things to avoid waiting in lines, okay? Um, so I guess based on my um, – now, granted, I get a lot of that stuff um, a lot cheaper because of all the flying I do, and I get it through, like, Delta or whatever, but – I still pay for it. Now, it's not $30 an hour, right? Like, it's one of them's like 100 bucks a year. And the other one is like, I think it's, I don't know, what does TSA PreCheck cost? Like a 50 bucks a year or something like that? Yeah, it's like, like 60 know, bucks for three years, years yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 So it's not, it's, not, it's not 30 bucks an hour, though. Like, I, I have a limit. 30 bucks an hour seems excessive. But I could, to, I, to Kap, Kaplan's point, I would swipe left, but I can totally see how you can make money off that. All right, one well, more, I would do point. it. Yeah. Okay. People, people are dog walkers. They walk your dog for you. Yeah. They make money I just doing saw that. a lady walking like 10 dogs by my house. Time yesterday. is money. Time is yeah. money. So yeah. I would do it. All right. All right one so more. last one. Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs has had a pretty rough couple of days after the Cowboys were eliminated from the playoffs by the 49ers. And now he's dealing with some issues in his personal life, specifically his ex-girlfriend. The couple recently broke up, and yesterday, Diggs's ex blasted him on social media for taking back the $150,000 watch that he gifted her. Ooh. She called him lame and a bleep, among other things, for taking yeah. back the watch after yeah. she dumped him, because apparently she broke up with him. 
Right. Should Trayvon Diggs have taken the watch back after he was dumped? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Okay, I, I would only speak for myself. I don't know the circumstances around that, so I'm not trying to talk about their circumstances. All I would say is I would not. If I gifted you something, it's yours, so I would swipe left on that. So because I'm divorced, I have to at least break this line out. George, you know why divorce is so expensive? Because everyone's trying to figure out what dish is theirs. Well, no, there's actually a punchline. It goes like this. Oh. You know why divorce is so expensive? Because it's worth it. Now, oh. I don't know this guy, and I don't know his <laughs> relationship, but if you know she broke up with him, so it's like, okay, you don't want to be with any be with me anymore. How about that hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch I gave you? How about how about returning that? You know, I mean, that's that's your watch when you are with me. That's that is tacky, my bro. watch when that you are tacky. not with me. So tacky. That's tacky. Well, bro. I mean, it may be tacky, but the guy wants his hundred and fifty grand. He's got to pay He's, a guy to stand in tacky. line for him. So why'd you give her a hundred fifty thousand dollar watch, bro? Mm-hmm. Because you're showing off. You shouldn't be giving a hundred fifty thousand dollar watch to anybody you don't feel like is going to be someone you're going to be with the wifey, for a really long time. Yeah, you don't exactly. Do that. You ain't listen. I get you're a baller and you make a lot of money, but you you don't. Don't give something to someone that you're going to want to take back. Well, you see, yeah, like the thing like is, she said, she said you didn't want to give it back when you were trying to impress me and show me how much money you made. You weren't right. crying about the hundred fifty thousand dollars then. See, the right. difference is, guys, if he would have broken up with her, he'd have been like, you know what? It's worth the hundred and fifty grand for me and you to not be together anymore. The fact mm, that she mm-mm. broke up with him, no. he's like, I want my watch back. No. Yeah. That's my watch. Lame. All right. Lame, that, lame. Is, that is Radio Tinder each and every day at 530. Coming up next, Raiders coach Rich Passaccia did something I don't think I've ever done. We'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. C- That's what friends are for. That's the truth. It's a good song, man. I still like this song. And it will be stuck in our heads now for the next two weeks. Probably so. Probably so. That's what friends are for. By the way, do you remember that Dion wore, and I love uh, Auntie Dion uh, on Twitter. She's great on Twitter if you haven't paid attention to her. But uh, do you remember when she had the Psychic Friends Network? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That was like oh, a thing. yeah. Yeah. Well, you it would call like, a, like an 800 number. And, right. Like, yeah. It was like an infomercial. In fact, if I if I recalled, was that, was that the day of 900 numbers? Not 1-800. 1-900. Yes. yes. You know? And why would Dion, why did she do that? I mean, obviously somebody paid her a lot of money to do it, but. Yeah, Come that was a big the, the, thing. The nine hundred numbers were a huge thing back then, and that's like they make a. There's a, a whole podcast about how they made so much money off of that, millions upon tens of millions of dollars off of nine hundred numbers. The Psychic Friends Network. George, you ever call? No, man. <laughs> but I used to see the commercials all the time. I was too little. I was like a little kid. My parents would have killed me if I. Oh spent yeah. That kind of oh, money. dude, if I would have if yeah. I would have called a nine hundred number, and it was three dollars, you know, my parents would have killed me you spent three dollars on a phone call i mean listen i know it sounds stupid but even now today if like my kids get a movie and they didn't ask me first i'm like you spent 4.99 on a movie what the hell are you doing all right maybe it's not that crazy but you understand yeah, the point. and then there was the party lines but there was also the free party lines but you would only i think they would kick you off after a little while party 60 lines 60 minutes <laughs> oh, is that what it was laura 60 <laughs> minutes so. me and my yeah. sister when we were young we used to just call in and just talk mess man yeah, yeah we you were just, so young it was, but it was like 20 people on the line like you could barely uh-huh. make out what the hell anyone was saying yeah. how did ridiculous. you get in i don't remember how would you, you get would in dial on those party lines? so you would it, it depend it depended where you lived in the area code you could do like 626 whatever 818 whatever and it'll be like locally around your area code we were so i was like in middle in junior high we had a but this is high. on like a landline home yeah phone, right landline yeah. yeah we were so dumb 
Yeah. I swear. Yeah, you'd have to call from a landline. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anybody here still have a landline? Uh, no. No. No, no. I haven't. My mom does. So does my mom. My mom called me from my landline today. My mom does too. Yeah. Yeah, because my mom, like, every time she calls me from her cell phone in her house, it breaks up. Like, you can't understand a word she says. Right. I'm like, all right, ma, call me from the from the home phone, ma. And then she calls me, and it pops up with her number. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. Uh, here it is. How dialing the 1-900 in the 90s foreshadowed the Internet. It's a great um, – here, I'll, I'll send you guys this uh, the link to this story. It's actually kind of interesting. It was foreshadowing what? What did it say? The Internet. Oh. Yeah. Because that dawned, like, chat rooms, right? Like, AOL right. chat rooms and yeah. stuff. And, right. you know. And even today, I mean, I don't know how many people use this or not, but there's an app called Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Nobody, you know? Yeah, but people don't use it as much as they did initially during no, the pandemic. No, right. They, they got a bunch of users, and then it kind of tailed off. But Fizzled. even now, that's how Twitter has, what were they called, Spaces? Yeah, Spaces is more popular because, right, Twitter just, just implemented the thing inside its own app. So. Although, Laura, I guess maybe a, a form of, a, of you know, one of these kinds of calls, these party lines, maybe is an Instagram Live video. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Laura, maybe. I saw your Instagram live this past weekend. I was there for it. You yeah. you were you were hanging out for a little bit. I think yep. the Twitter one is more like that, though, because Twitter, like the spaces, anybody can join it. A- right. Anybody can join. Whereas with Instagram live, um, you don't have to be you, you have to follow the person. But with with uh, with Twitter spaces, it can be anyone. Yeah. If someone if you're on Twitter and someone you follow is in a space, it'll show at the top. But you don't have to follow the person that initiated the Twitter space. When Kevin Durant did that when it first came out, that was hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I occasionally will listen to some here and there. I jump in and out uh, sometimes on Twitter Spaces. There's a bunch of Lakers fans who do it, and occasionally I jump in and out just to see I what's up. I don't really use Twitter Spaces very much. I, I, I did, I like you were saying, I kind of did the early adoption of Clubhouse, and then, you know, it just the kept giving me notifications over and over again. I just kind of stopped. And yeah. every morning, it's the same people doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, so. they want consistency, to your point. Hey, real quick, Rich Bisaccia, uh, you know, it, it looks like his days are numbered, right? They fired Mike Mayock as the general manager of the Lakers, uh, the Lakers, of the, uh, of the Raiders. Um, and, you know, I look, Bisaccia didn't get the win in the playoffs. I think if he would have gotten it, he might have had a better shot. They've clearly been interviewing head coaching candidates and GM candidates even before they fired Mayock officially. And, but I, I thought Rich Passaccia did something really cool. And we talked about it, right? We heard Mike Mayock, you said the line, right? Great leader of men or the best leader of men or whatever Mayock said. And I feel like he did something that I thought was very old school. Speaking of stuff like the party line and 900 lines and things and like land that. Landlines. Yeah. yeah. Home phones. He wrote every single one of his players a thank you note, a handwritten thank you note. And I have never done that. Like, I, even in my wedding, like, I, I, I dressed a few, like, hey, I signed a few. But my <laughs> wife did all of that. Like, I didn't do any of that. Um, and, 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 look, I get it's, like, a nice touch. But, like, would you do that? Would you write – I mean, he has how many guys on his roster? 53 plus the practice squad. There's probably, like, another 15, right? So let's just call it 70 people, right, uh, just as a round number. Would you write 70 thank you notes? I would. So Handwritten? I, yeah. However, I just want to say one thing about it, though. When you receive my handwritten note, okay, you're probably going to have a really hard time making out my handwriting. Because I don't know about the rest of you guys. I write with a pen and a piece of paper 
so infrequently now yeah, in that, my your, life. Your, your handwriting sucks now. My handwriting looks like I've just written you a prescription Chicken from your scratch. doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, I, you can't make out anything. I misspell right. stuff all the time. I try and fix the misspelling by going over it 10 times and turning an O into an A or something. But I will say this. <laughs> but, but I will say this. A handwritten letter. Yeah. When you are on the receiving end, it tells you that the person who gave you the handwritten letter, that person really deeply cares. Because a handwritten letter is a whole different deal than an email or a text or a voicemail or any other form of communication. A handwritten letter, particularly a thank you, means I really care. And so people on the receiving end get that and they're like, God, this per- this guy Basaccia, he really cares. Game was over. Guy spent two hours writing seventy-five thank you letters. I think it's really impressive. I like it, and I would do it. No, I think it's a great gesture. I just, you know, I don't know if I'd do it to be honest with you, Lindsay. What about you? Handwritten? 70? Yes, one hundred percent. And the story, as it goes, is when I was interviewing for this job here as a senior producer at ESPN seven ten, I hand wrote. Thank you, no, after my interview to Greg and Amanda. And they both said, you know, if they were wavering on someone like something like that that I did, that would help seal the deal. Yeah. L- Laura, yes or no? In on handwritten notes 70? Yes. Wow. I'm alone. Yeah. You want to know lazy. one thing, George? I'm a lazy let me, ass. Let me well, tell make, you one thing make, you should do. Can you tell us on the other side? Because we have I to go can. To break. I can, yeah. but this is it's very important. So everybody stick around because this is very important. Very, very important. And Bill Orem is going to join us to talk about his story about uh, Frank Vogel's job security. All that coming up next.